encourage you this morning to find your sermon notes. It looks like this. You can fill in the blanks as we go. More importantly, to talk about it later this week, pray about it, and then live the message that you have heard this morning. So we're going to begin with a little exercise. Uh, Write down three things that you love. You have a pen or a pencil, go ahead and do that. If you don't, you can do it later. You can uh, think about it in your mind if you don't have a writing utensil. So if I were to make a list, things that I love. I love my wife. I love my children. I love the sunshine. I love the summer. I also love going back to school. Now, I haven't actually gone back to school for a very long time, but I love it when everyone else goes back to school. I used to love it when my children went back to school. Uh, They are out of school now, too, but I love this time of the year. I love the fall. I love the NFL. I love afternoon naps, which is what I usually do during the NFL broadcast, especially with the Bears. I take that, that afternoon nap. So yell out something that you love. Anybody, what do you love? Anybody? A little louder. What do you love? There you go. Now, how many of you said, I love Sundays? Oh, you, you thought it meant I love Sharon, right? I love with the S. Well, I do, but I love Sundays as well, and I hope that you will too. And as we continue our series over these next three weeks, as you get into that rhythm, you can see that God has intended that Sunday is to be the very best day of the week. He created this time for us so that we can refocus, we can refuel, we can be re-energized. As Jesus said, come unto me, all of you who are weary. Several of you told me this morning that you were rather tired. Well, I'm, I'm blessed that you are here. You're going to be blessed that you are here. But we're going to get into a rhythm so that we're not so tired on Sunday mornings because we have decided that Sunday is going to be the very best day of the week. And so we prepare ourselves earlier in the week. This verse, Jesus had his disciples. They were all gathered together, and they were talking about uh, what exactly they were supposed to do on the Sabbath. As you know, from previous weeks, Sabbath was Saturday. It was set aside as a holy day for the people of God. Today, we celebrate it on Sunday because of the resurrection, the death and resurrection of Jesus. His resurrection was on a Sunday, so this is the day that we celebrate. It is our Sabbath. So as they were walking through the grain fields, And they were hungry. Jesus picked some of that wheat or that barley, and he began to distribute it among his disciples. And he said, here's the point. Even though the Pharisees would say this is against God's law, they've got it all wrong. The Sabbath was made for man. It was made for people. It was made for the pinnacle of God's creation and not the other way around. It isn't just a set of laws that God wants to impose on all of us, but he's done it. He's given us these guidelines so that we might grow, that we might mature in our faith, that we might be blessed, that we might acknowledge all that the Lord has given. It's a gift. And primarily because of the rhythm of the week. God created us for rhythm and for Rest. Now, here's the problem, and you all know this, but we need to be reminded. We live in a never-stopping culture. 
It's not just the news that's 24-7, but so many of our lives. One day just runs into the next. We work and we work and we work and we work. Then on the weekend, we work some more. And if it's not the kind of work that earns you a salary, it's still the kind of work where you believe that you are going to get ahead, where your children are going to get ahead. And so we have them in all kinds of travel activities. We're going here and there. We're ferrying those children everywhere. So why? So they can get ahead. And yet, we never have enough time. We never stop worrying. And we seem like we never make enough money to buy us happiness. So day in and day out, Seven days a week, every day of the month, every day of the year, we live with this pressure, pressure, and more pressure, and more pressure. So again, we're going to do a little exercise to help you with the pressure. I want you to put your teeth together, kind of like this, and then go. felt pretty good. <laughs> Release a little bit of the pressure. It's kind of like the beach ball that you squeeze and all the pressure comes out of the air compressor. Let's try that again. Ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. We're going to set the clock back a little bit today. About 100 years, or maybe even 200 years, or even 300 years. When people didn't work on Sundays, where they rested, where Sunday was a family day, when all the businesses were closed, when we didn't travel to the lake or the, the summer house or we didn't ferry our children all around to do all of these other extra activities, but we all met together as a family of God first in the morning and then as our immediate family or even our extended family in the afternoon and the evening. Now, it's true that Americans got a lot less done on Sundays years ago because we weren't working, but because we took the time to refocus and to re-energize and to refuel with rest in the Word of God, we got a whole lot more done on Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and all the other days of the week. So we know the problem. We know that we need rest. We, kn we know that we need to get back into a kind of rhythm that God has created. Somebody help me out here. When is the longest day of the year? Anybody? June 21st, right? The summer solstice. When is the shortest day of the year? December 21st, the winter solstice. So have you ever noticed that the days in the summer are longer? Shocking, right? Because it's part of God's rhythm. Back when we were more of an agrarian culture, you got all your work done in the summer, and then on the farm we rested. Sure, we did some work, but we rested more in the winter. And it's the same. We are to work during the day when the sun is up and 
rest in the evenings. We have this rhythm of our seasons. We have this rhythm of our day. We have this rhythm of our life. And so that is the solution for us once again as the people of God. We're going to take a step backward so that we can take one and two and even three and four and more steps forward. Now, go back with me to the time of the Israelites. They're wandering in the desert for 40 years. During that time, they aren't doing a lot of work. They're just kind of walking around in circles all the time. They have an occasional battle with their enemies. But other than that, about the only work that they ever do is to get up in the morning and to pick up all the manna that miraculously fell from heaven. That was it. And now God comes to their leader. He comes to Joshua and he says, very soon you're going you're to be in the promised land. Your years of wandering are going to be over, which means you're going to have to do a little work. But you're going to be tempted to work too much, to make work the focus of all that you do, because you're going to have to now provide for your families. The manna is going to dry up. I'm not going to provide it for you anymore. And so I don't want you to be tempted. And so he gave them these words. He says, keep this book of the law. We know that is the Bible, the word of God. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do part. No, it doesn't say that. Some, no. It says everything written in it then you will be prosperous and successful. He says, if you keep these commands of mine, then you will be prosperous and successful. There is this principle in our universe, and I think God came up with this, of the if and the then. If you do one thing, then another will happen. If you keep the commands, then God is going to keep you within the boundaries. You will be safe and healthy and prosperous and successful. If you get into the book, he's saying, then the book will get into you. And it's the same with the Sabbath. If you get into the rhythm of the Sabbath, the stress and release, pressure is going to be relieved. The Sabbath, the rhythm of God, is going to get into you. So what we're going to do is practice stress and release. If you've ever been in sports, raise your hand if you've ever been in sports. How many of you work out? Come on, come on. Some of you, good. So this is what you do. Do you work out constantly? No. You go to the gym, you do a few curls or sit-ups or push-ups or push the bar, whatever you're doing, you work hard and then you rest. And then you do another set and you work hard and then you rest, right? And you probably don't do the same exercises every day. Maybe you do upper body Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and you do lower bodies Tuesdays, Thursdays. And you probably rest at least on Saturday, maybe even on Monday. Rest and release. Stress and release. Like a rubber band, if you pull it really, really tight, 
you keep that stress on there, what's it going to do? Break. And so will you. And yet that is what so many of us continue to do. But what we're going to do is we're going to take 52 vacations every year. How many of you would like to take a vacation this year? Anybody? Yes. We need our vacation. You get 52 of them. 52. Called the Sabbath. 52 vacations. Now, if you added them all up, seven and a half weeks of vacation. And you thought you only got paid for two or three. Seven and a half. Stress and release. So we're going to honor God's rhythm with our life. If, then. I'm going to read to you a little bit again from Isaiah. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please, as we so often do, it's not our holy day, it's God's holy day. If you call the Sabbath a delight, and if you call the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way, and if you don't do as you please or speak idle words, then you will find joy. Not in yourself. Not in all those activities that you think you need to do. But in the Lord. And then I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father, Jacob. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken if you follow the rhythm, if you take the Sabbath, the Lord guarantees you'll have better Mondays and better weeks and better families. If the book of the law is on your lips and you meditate on it day and night, you'll have that assurance that you can always go to the Lord and he will give you rest. You know, the Jews, they have two, two times where they remember or observe the Sabbath day. Now, the Sabbath day comes once a week, but they remember the Sabbath day for a couple of days after. And they observe the Sabbath day. In other words, they look forward to it a couple days early. Kind of like uh, the anticipation of a good movie. Any good movies out there? Give me a recommendation. Anybody? Anything good? Anybody seen Oppenheimer? Is it good? Anybody? I want to go see it. I don't know. Is it worth it? No, not so much. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to see Barbie, just so you know. <clears throat> but if there is a good movie out there, what would you do? You would look forward to going, wouldn't you? I, I hear that uh, high school football starting up. Is that what, this, this Friday, first game? Yeah, <laughs> you're looking forward to that, aren't you? Yeah. 
You've got grandkids going. Maybe your school is going to be good this year. I don't know who's going to be good this year. Read in the paper, Fox Valley Conference, very competitive. You're looking forward. Before Friday night, you're going to look forward to that. And if, and if your team wins, you're going to be talking about it on Saturday and Sunday. And then next week, right? It's kind of like the prom and a date, the difference. Remember and observe. Guys, I'm going to pick on you again because I like to do that, and I'm one of you. When you had a date back in the day, hopefully you took a shower. Hopefully you took a shower. <laughs> uh, maybe put on a little deodorant, a little cologne, some fresh clothes, right? Then you went out and you had, you, had, you had your date and you had a good time. But for prom, it's a whole, it's a whole another step, two steps, three steps up, right? You prepared for, for days, even for weeks. Now we have the promposals. I mean, that's like months of potential preparation there. You got to do it just right. Probably bought her a flower, maybe a whole bouquet, maybe a corsage. Maybe even wore a suit, maybe rented a tuxedo. Washed your car if you had one. Maybe, maybe rented a limo. Took her out to a great restaurant. Could be the same girl. But there's a whole lot of difference between a date and the prom because of the preparation, right? So for Sunday, can you imagine how Sunday would be different if you decided, as we talked about last week, a week ahead that you're going to go and not just on Sunday morning? Well, maybe, maybe, I don't know. You want to go? I don't know. Do you want to go? Maybe, I don't know. Or on Saturday night, if you prepared in advance, let's say you have small children. How many of you have small children? Raise your hand. God bless you if you do. Right? It's tough if you have small children. What if you decided to prepare on Saturday morning instead of Sunday morning? And you asked your children, what do you want to wear to church tomorrow? And they told you, I want to wear my favorite dress. Or I want to wear this, this pair of, of jeans or this shirt or whatever it was. And you made sure it was all laid out for them, cleaned and pressed and ready to go. Saturday night, on the chair, lying there. Now they know. They're anticipating the prom, the great day that's coming up. And you got up a little earlier on Sunday morning, and you had a routine that you were going to go through. Now, how many of you have older kids or teenagers? Raise your hand. Some of you have that. It's a little tougher, Right? So you don't want them not to have any fun on Saturday nights. But again, you have a routine. You, you huddle up as a family and you, you say, okay, at uh, 6.30, you're in the bathroom. At 6.45, you're in the bathroom. Breakfast is at 7 o'clock. Coffee's on at 7.15 or whatever it is. Instead of all jumping into the car and having fought about the bathroom and bickering all the way here, you leave. If it's a 50-minute drive, you leave 25 minutes early. And you're all ready to go. And you sing Kumbaya. Well, maybe not that. On the way to church. And you actually get here 10 minutes early, and you can visit with people. And you don't all have to rush to get the donuts after the service. Because you know pastor needs his. Wouldn't that be great? You'd be thrilled. I know I would be. What if? 
we prepare. Sunday is the highlight of our week. What if we plan for church on Sundays like we might prepare for the prom? What if we talked about it this afternoon? What if you actually answered the questions that I write so faithfully for you every single week? What if you discuss them? What if you live that? And what if you look forward earlier in the week about what a great day Sunday is going to be because, wow, today we get to be refreshed, refueled, refocused. We're fed with the Word of God. We're prepared for the week. We're coming to the sacrament. We heard the absolution. We know our sins are forgiven. We're assured once again that Jesus died for us, that he rose from the grave, and that we can always come to him, not just for physical rest, but spiritual and emotional rest as well. Wouldn't that be a great way to prepare if we invest in the Sabbath? Then we will indeed be blessed. And yet, there are some of you who are saying, but I really don't like Sunday. I really don't delight in the way of the Lord. I really would like to do what I want to do. Well, this is what I do for marriage counseling. And it is not foolproof, but it works most of the time. Remember the time when you fell in love with your spouse and you did all those things to woo her, to woo him, and, and you got together and you got married and, and life was grand and you had that wonderful feeling and then, well, life kind of set in and the years came and they went and we got old and now we're tired and, and now we don't know how much we like each other anymore. And Well, how about just act like it? Just act like it. And pretty soon you You will. Again, the Lord loves you, and he gave up his son's life for you. And I know there's a time, and maybe even now, I hope, that you love the Lord. Maybe we don't always feel that way, but if we act like it, if we remember and observe, if we decide and invest, in these Sundays, in the Sabbath, then life will be better. Mondays will be better. Our families will be better. And the rest that we so, so, so desire will most certainly be ours. May God give it to you this Sunday and every Sunday for Jesus. Amen. So I'll rise now and make profession.